everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walker-Meyer, and I'm your host for this podcast. And today we have Vera Snell here with us today. Vera works as a consultant at Intrapreneur, which is a human-centered consultancy in Berlin, which focuses on organizational development with a clear focus on culture and new ways of working. Welcome, Vera. Hello. <laughs> and I'm especially super excited to talk to Vera today, because when I had the initial idea of this podcast, I discussed this idea with Alex, which is a colleague of mine, and she mentioned Vera and Intrapreneur, and the stories that she shared about the company, for me, were really too good to be true. So I'm super, super happy to finally meet Vera, and uh, yeah, that she takes the time to answer our questions today. Are you ready? Yes, totally. So Vera, before we start to talk about uh, your job and entrepreneur and also your journey, how you get there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So who are you? Who am I? Uh, yeah, well, I'm definitely not a real Berliner. <laughs> I actually come from a small village um, from the south of Germany, Heidelberg. Um, and yeah, before moving to Berlin, I was living in Australia for two years. So the country still really has my heart. I um, go and visit every two years or so. Um, and yeah, in, in Berlin, really from, from the very beginning, I just love the freedom and the creativity because I'm a very creative person. Um, I'm an ideas person. So I think if you get one thing out of me, it's probably a new idea every two minutes. Uh, started early in my childhood. So if you were a friend of mine, <laughs> you probably were involved in some crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> Such as? <laughs> oh, you really don't want to know. <laughs> Started with gangs and um, oh, wow. with building UFOs. Um, no, is that even the right word? UFOs? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so nowadays, I, I think I still have a lot of ideas and I love to create art um, in my free time. And yeah, so I think that's pretty much me. I love people. Love a good connection, a good story. I just generally love to get to know um, people and what's driving them. What excites you about people? I just think it's it's kind of like a human experience that that is common, that is something that we share. And there's so many expressions of what that looks like for someone. And, and so I like to get to know the different angles, the different perspectives. Yeah, I just think that's... You know, we're all the same, we're all human, but we're all very different and that's fascinating to me. Very nice answer to that question. <laughs> all right, so can you give us a quick introduction into Intrapreneur? Uh, so what's your goal and what problems are you trying to solve in your company? Yeah, so um, Intrapreneur basically um, really is here to change the way people think of themselves in organizations. So we really want to empower them to actually drive positive change. So it's not so much us going as the experts, as the um, helpers, um, it's more so as the empowers of people in organizations. Um, we, we always say it's people over pixels, that's mm -hmm. kind of our elevator pitch. And um, yeah, the, the main challenge in organizations really is how do we push forward new ideas? How do we even change anything there? And we, we realize that we really want to work with leaders that push boundaries, that really want to bring a positive change. Um, and because it's so tough and it's so hard, we come alongside. Um, and we do basically three things. Like I would say 
first that we focus on is its culture as a strategy. So a company should always build strategically from their purpose. What are they actually here for? What problems are they solving? And that should actually empower all the strategies. And often it's separate, often it's not built upon each other. And, and we believe um, by helping people and in companies to really become aware what that purpose is and how to implement strategies that fit. Um, that's, that's really powerful. So yeah, we work for example with um, a huge German fitness company, Fidix, um, and they basically have that very strong purpose and we helped them for the last three years to become even um, more focused on it by starting to change certain, certain things in their employee life cycle so that that culture that they have that is very special is actually felt by not only the employees but also the customer. And so whenever you go there, you'd actually feel there's something that's quite value driven in that company. And so we kind of are on the journey with them. Um, that would be cultural strategy. The number two um, is actually culture design. So you typically would, would do what is your purpose? What are your values? What are the principles, for example, for leadership? And we would actually help a company to identify what that is. It's already there. So with culture, you cannot bring in something that's not there already. You need to just basically surface what is in, in it and make it clear for everyone. And then you can actually say, okay, what about it is good? What do we want to keep? What do we want to strengthen? What do we want to tweak a little bit? By making that very purposefully, very with a bit of intention, you can actually build a quite a good framework that gives guidance. So it doesn't completely go off that people just don't just do whatever they want. And ideally that sort of framework that we would call cultural design it then is used again in recruiting, in performance-based evaluations and so on, that it's actually something that will be implemented strategically. And then the third thing is really pretty much teams, team design. Mm -hmm. How can you empower a team that maybe is just not quite sure why they are there, how they best work together, they don't know their strengths, their weaknesses, they don't... Um, yeah, and so, so we basically go, go in there and do everything we can to uncover what's the potential in that team, help them to really maximize that. Um, that often also goes with leadership, um, working with leadership teams to do exactly that because that's a big gap we see. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, especially in teams, there's so many different characters being put together to work on one single purpose. And then first of all, if you usually talk to people, you can really see that everyone understands something completely different from that purpose which is just usually an empty phrase or like an empty word yeah that's really really interesting to 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 actually do that job because i have almost never experienced companies who really put some effort into creating better teams i mean in my former podcast episode we talked about the strength finder concept so that's something that i for example used in my former team to First of all, understand a little bit or help everyone understand we're all very different and that's a good thing because everyone brings a complete either some focus on a certain area or some people are much more broader, you know, and how can we leverage this for the whole team? So I guess this is a super, super interesting topic. All right, uh, cool. And thanks for this very uh, interesting and very detailed introduction to your company. It's uh, super, super interesting what your company does. So I'm really looking forward to the, to the rest <laughs> of the conversation. 
But uh, then tell us a little bit, what does a consultant at Entrepreneur do? So what's your daily task? How does your day look like? Yeah, maybe, maybe let's start with what, what we would do. I think it comes back to pretty much how do we approach our projects? How do we um, approach this whole culture work? So typically you could say you do just a process or you just come up with some kind of initiative, but we don't really want to work that way. We actually want to more use a product mindset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so to really say whatever we do right now is very, first of all, it's very human centered. So we, we do a lot of discovery. We, we actually do a lot of work and put a lot of work and effort into um, uncovering, understanding, getting customer insights. Um, really, that, that would be the first part. And then we never hand something off um, without actually having a process in place where we re, um, re-look at it, where, where we redesign it. So it's actually this constant, um, yeah, yeah, you don't just hand it off. I think that's important. And so as a consultant, what we do then is we design, we, we have obviously lots of ideation going on, so we, we love to work creatively, but we also go really into testing and prototyping and uh, making sure there's systems in place that kind of get, get some data um, or some feedback on, on how it's actually working. Um, so I think you use a lot of different skill sets. We involve a lot of other people as well, so we work with um, different creatives um, to make that actually happen, especially in creation. Yeah, daily looks very different every day. So we have weeks where we a lot in our offices, um, where we actually have space to to use all of the different um, creative spaces that we created here in um, the Alte Münze. But on other weeks, we're constantly traveling. So we would have weeks where we actually in different cities almost every day. It can happen. Um, and then you get to explore lots of different um, environments and lots of different companies. And so you have to switch between contexts quite a lot. Can you just give us an example of a project? Yeah, I actually can. Um, I'm really proud of what we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, we actually worked. We worked on a leadership um, festival but that festival in itself wasn't just a once-off event it actually was something that was created out of leadership principles so we first had actually created together with a whole lot of people the leadership understanding for that company and then that leadership understanding actually made its way into different formats so you would find like this you would have a booklet you would have that event you would on that event actually exchange with other leaders you would um, go through some of those principles and really experience what it means and then later on you would get tools to go in your teams and do exercises and have workshops yourself so it kind of is this integrative approach where you see it's not just one once-off things or once-off products or any of that it's actually something that's integrated the human resource team in that company is actually further developing whatever we have created together with them and they they will actually make this better and so they have workshops in place and toolkits in place and whatsoever yeah and what was the purpose of this project um well the leadership understanding didn't really clearly exist so it was just a company that where everyone was doing whatever they thought was best in terms of leading people like leadership silos so to say yes yeah so some people would be super you know laissez-faire others would be just 
top down others would say hey we, we just do it um, without leaders um, we just work totally agile um, and so it would be very very different which is totally cool because you have different um, different environments where different kind of leaders the leadership style needs to be applied so it's fine but what is the common um, the common thread that goes through all of those silos or through all of those departments and in the end it is a way of how we look at leadership so in this case it was very much we don't believe that leadership should be only a position but leadership is something that you can do wherever you are you can lead the way you can be an example and you can inspire others you can empower others and so on so it's quite a basic um, but very important understanding to, to actually make make that um, the basis of everything that leaders do in a company I really like that you said leadership goes way beyond and like leading people it's rather that you can actually lead no matter where you are and I think this is something that we forget sometimes also in our daily work is like oh I didn't get the promotion mm. so I cannot lead and um, I think that's actually the first mistake of thinking that I usually experience also in large organization or within maybe demotivated frustrated people I mean yes I've been there as well but <laughs> in the end I think we should always be reminded every day when we actually get up if we go to work if we call in sick whatever we do like there's a way that we can somehow lead the way and this is by being inspiring being nice to each other be a good role model and I think it doesn't matter if you're like the junior or the CEO of a company if you um, if you have really good ideas as a as a junior and if you're just leading the way if you like the work you do and you do it like in a very passionate way you will definitely lead your way and it doesn't matter what kind of title you have yeah I think this is um, this is actually really important yeah yeah so I think there was also a lot of power in, in that um, and that's why it was so enjoyable to actually do it because you knew while you were working on it and you're working long hours for it um, that it is such a, an important message to send into this organization and if just everyone gets it there yeah it will just change a lot um, in the ways that people are actually seeing themselves so that you actually put value onto people that maybe don't see themselves yeah. as a leader yet and yeah. they actually suddenly can rise to their yeah. full potential which is really quite uh, surprising what can happen there yeah. it must be also a really rewarding experience wasn't it yeah it was super rewarding like to be honest like at the end of that day i was just like that is what we do this is why i work here this is what i love to do because you empower people you make it you know you, you make it's very clear what it is that makes them unique. You make it very clear what, what they can actually do, that they can go over and above what maybe society thinks a leader is, you know? They don't have to um, believe that. They can actually, as a company, recreate a new understanding. Um, and, and yeah, I think it was just cool to see everyone really be getting behind it. And it was really, great because you saw for the first time in a long time that like actually leaders can get together and agree on something great <laughs> it was yeah really good to be honest nice it uh, sounds like a really really nice experience yeah so what background should you have to become a consultant entrepreneur or let's say what kind of experience or skills strength let's say are beneficial to become a consultant here 
Yeah, so basically it's a, it's a people business. So you need to talk to people a lot and you need to be able to actually establish a le level of trust between you and the client. So if you love that, it's great. Um, if it's difficult and you don't really enjoy um, chatting to people, it's maybe not the right um, job. So whenever we actually employ someone, it would definitely be, do you care about people? Do you care about others? Do you want to make them better? If you try to push your own agenda too much or your own ideas, it will never fit for another company that has a different culture, different um, context that you maybe don't fully understand as a consultant. So you always need to have that attitude. Okay, I want to get to know you better. I need to understand your needs better. Um, and so I say, uh, it's a people business. Um, second one definitely is, are you curious? Um, are you really like up for pushing boundaries in how stuff is done? So entrepreneur never just does the same thing um, in one company and then takes it and copy and pastes um, it into the next. Um, it's always about this, what is the company in front of me? Who are you? <laughs> What's special and unique about you? Really um, finding that, that spark that that company has and then actually building onto that. Um, and yeah, I think in order to do that well, you need to have a certain level of inspiration that constantly comes in that you take care of. You need to take care of your own uh, level of reading new stuff, learning new skills, um, getting inspired by other companies and um, by other um, great entrepreneurs and so on. And so we always need to be on our toes to actually get that. Um, that's one of our values, to be curious. And I think the, the cool thing is we really do make time for it. That's maybe where the four-day week comes into play mm -hmm. um, because we use it as our way of getting more inspiration. So where you constantly normally say, when you're in a big corporate, you say, ah, oh, just too much stuff going on, too many projects, I don't have time to read, I don't have no. time for that, I don't have time for this. And we just deliberately hacked it in a mm -hmm. sense and said like, you know what, we just not, we not, we just not, don't come in on a Friday. And what we're going to do is we're going to go out, we're going to explore the city, we're going to go mm -hmm. to concerts and exhibitions and we're going to go to conferences and read stuff and we use that Friday maybe to travel and so on to just actually have that um, level of inspiration. Great. Yeah. That's a really, really nice approach. Um, yeah. Also, just uh, see, I'm still working like five, five days a week and uh, just in the past, I was, I was out on so many Fridays because I was, I don't know, either head off or was uh, traveling for work and um, after feeling just this one day, like shifts your work and life like in such a complete different direction um so it somehow feels somehow more equal and uh also like for for, for example i have to feel like on the one side i get more stuff done which is interesting but it just because probably i have more energy i have more motivation so i guess it's a really really nice uh, interesting approach after feeling a lot of uh, more and more berlin companies at least offer this that uh, the whole company is actually only working for four days i guess it's a really really nice approach yeah, so how did you get there? Like, what was your journey and what was your background before you joined Entrepreneur? And um... mm. I actually, funnily, <laughs> I worked as an um, intern like four years ago for Entrepreneur. They were super small at that point, and it was just like 
yeah, kind of trying out something that's a bit different. And I thought, yeah, cool, I really love it. But seriously, I, I, I couldn't really see myself working there. They couldn't seriously employ me. So it was just more like this fun thing that you did during studies. Um, I did business communication, um, so that background there. Um, and then somehow I stumbled over some job application, um, like more like a job um, offer. Um, from Zalando that I thought like oh my gosh this is super interesting I had no idea that Zalando would offer this kind of jobs I think it had something to do with innovation and that word straight away I'm like what <laughs> so somehow I found then a more um, entry level um, position that actually fit that I found super exciting so I started as a culture and engagement manager at um, Zalando and that I did for almost like three years and after like many great experiences, big challenges, opportunity and so on and lots of learnings later, I thought like, okay, um, probably new, time for something new. Um, just seeing especially culture from only one angle isn't gonna give me um, like enough to, to see what else would be possible in, in that way of working um, with culture and organizations and thinking of organizational development. It's not quite it. Uh, I need more, yeah. And so when I was thinking, what could be next steps and so on, suddenly entrepreneur um, found out um, about that and they made me an offer. And at that time, it was like a perfect match. It's just like, yeah, I'm just about to finish my master in organizational development. You guys have made a reputation. You've won like a new work award and and, and all of that. Um, the new ways of working. And so it's ac actually just perfect fit and value-wise. When I looked at, you know, the way these guys work, it's right down my alley. So it was just a match. It sounds really, really <laughs> nice. But what was your uh, motivation then to become a consultant instead of just becoming an actual intrapreneur? Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, that's still, maybe that's still coming. Who knows, actually. But you mean, um, I understand it in a way that you mean in a company? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think actually, quite interestingly, you talked about strength and strength finder test and that sort of stuff in your last episode, which I am a big fan of. And looking at my own strength, I also um, realized, okay, I'm a learner and I'm an achiever and these things are very, very strong and I love to, and I have connectedness and all sorts of stuff that has to do with people. So if you look at my strength, you pretty much like think, okay, I need some something new quite a lot <laughs> I need um, people and I do need to get stuff done it's actually then perfect for me to come alongside new people in different kind of organizations and push stuff forward that's actually just my my strength um, that's what I love to do and let's say in, in if you're in a more a corporate environment um, it's probably more beneficial that you're good with also maintaining and improving um, being very diligent with, with processes and systems and so on and, and keeping something um, that's already there and making that even better but that's not my strength my strength is actually the new the, the emerging stuff the problem solving the ideas that come from from scratch so that's just nice yeah. why why i chose it because it fit, fit better it's just 
what are you good at? Yeah. And then choose, choose that way. Even, you know, I didn't like the, and I still don't like the word consulting. I, I prefer like partner or you could, I don't know, you could even call me friend <laughs> and get me into it. You know, we like that better. It's not no, that I word do. that I makes also, you. <laughs> I also worked uh, a year in management consulting when yeah. I was really, really young. I also left there and had the feeling, okay, you know what, this, the work somehow is cool, but this environment is just not me. Like I can remember like sitting myself, seeing myself sitting in a room with like six men, most of them over 40. And it was like, yeah, it was not my world. Um, <laughs> but still, I mean, yeah, I also worked then as a mobile consultant afterwards. And I mm. really like that kind of like, you know, more the more creative consulting. I think it's a, yeah, it's a good work. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about how you guys work. Um, as I said, uh, so you already said you cannot really describe a typical workday or week. So let's talk a little bit again about uh, your four days week as a company. You already mentioned it a little bit that uh, it was important for you to have this one day off to become more creative. So how, how did that happen? So how did you guys come up with that? Mm -hmm. or? Yeah, I think most of the things that we do, we do very iterative. So we just try something and then we just change it until we're happy with it. With that, it happened exactly the same way. So we first said, okay, we don't, we want to be curious and we feel it's getting lost in the day-to-day -day work. How can we get um, that back as a priority? Okay, let's introduce something like a Freaky Friday where everyone brings the inspiration and then we learn from each other. And to be honest, that kind of failed. It it's like didn't never inspiration <laughs> never works. I also tried this once yeah. in my, one of my first teams. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Exactly. So we killed that straight away. Um, and then we like, okay, you know what? What do you like? What do you like? And it, we found out people like different things um, that they do when they want to get inspired. So we then said, ah, let's, let's make time for that on Friday. And it slowly emerged into from a little bit of time free on Friday to it's actually a whole day. Another thing actually from more business perspective that plays also in is we sometimes travel and do long workshops and need to prepare and afterwards have to document stuff and so on. And if you count that all together, sometimes we end up quite with quite a lot of hours, which most people that work in consultancies also know. Um, so we then said, you know, yeah, number one, it's inspiration. And number two, it's actually good for our business um, to to say people are not burning out. You know, people are actually getting enough rest and so on. And so it's it's both ways why we, we in the end and ended up with it. And I think I don't I wouldn't recommend a four day week just as a method, um, like with many new work stuff. I wouldn't just say take it and copy and paste it in your company. As we see this quite a lot that that and companies hear about a certain practice and then they without thinking just actually imp implement it in their own environment but that's not working you always need to look at is that really what you need is it really serving your customers is it really serving you um, as a company yeah I mean how does that work with your clients I mm -hmm. mean I would assume that uh, your clients probably don't work just four days a week so how does that work with them yeah good point they, they definitely do work on Fridays um, and yeah I sometimes will get a call and I take it we're not like going to be dogmatic about it in the end we still need to have that good relationship with the with the client and if that client has like a problem on Friday I'm gonna answer it I'm not gonna be um, yeah dogmatic about it but we are 
going to have a chat with them about how we work. And most of the time you actually find out that they actually respect it and it's no problem. We can have that call on Monday and they actually do not make it, um, you know, their priority to have everything on Friday. Then they say, yeah, so let's do it on Thursday or on, on Monday. They can work with it. Um, and so if a workshop can only happen on Friday, okay, we do it on Friday. Yeah. But if it's possible, we tr try to do the other ways. Yeah. It's really, really great. And it's, I believe it also, if you talk to people, they would rather respect it and uh, not be offended. And um, what kind of influence like had, did this have on you? Does it really somehow, has it, has it affected your work in any way? Or could you see any results from like just working for days? Yeah, I think the team just is a lot happier. I, I actually think the team values it quite a lot. Um, it's such a, um, a pre yeah, it's a sign of appreciation from the company to um, its employees in a sense, and we all really do value it. Um, yeah, I, I, I would put it as simple as that. Um, now I have to ask this question, <laughs> what I'm usually wondering. So does this somehow have an impact also on your salary? Is it like you do the work of five, five days in four days, as you said, because you have to work long hours and so mm -hmm. on? Or is it like you work rather four days, but then you also get the salary of four days? No, we work four days, but get the salary of five. And we normally do not do night shifts. So it's quite a normal work day, um, but if needed, um, we like if we travel or so it will end up being more hours yeah. but um, yeah normally it's actually four days working and holidays and pay isn't affected by it that's really amazing yeah because I mean <laughs> normally in an organization if you decide to go on 80% that means four days yeah you get less vacation days you get less salary and that's yeah it's actually invest really this is a yeah that's you've been a really great role model here <laughs> and um, I also read somewhere else on your website that you guys go on a sabbatical together for like six weeks <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that how does that work yeah and, uh, yeah well we're not really going all together and as I it doesn't mean like I'm going on holiday with the guys and it's just like we take it at the same time so I can do my own um, travel plans um, yeah what we what we do do is that we, we choose to do it in that way because the, first of all, the business is a bit, bit slower around these um, times. So it's during Christmas and during the summer break. And um, then why would you have to work if, if actually the clients are also not really wanting anything around that time? So that was one thing. And then the second thing was the, um, our founders. I don't know if you know that, but the, the company actually started from university. So it was a, this university project and just kept going and it just kept getting more business. And, but what they liked from the university times was that um, they had this long summer break and I mean we all know it right yeah, from also school, miss it so yeah, much. yeah and so they said ah we love this we want to keep it um and so that's why it's actually also there nice. <laughs> um if it will continue in the future we will have to see you know we have to see how many people are we going to hire the next years um right now one of the founders has a child so maybe that is going to change but we adjusting and iterating as we go right now it's there and we like it <laughs> great um so do you still then have vacation on top or is it more that you take rather your yearly vacation all together at the same time so um yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean in terms of um 
holiday days and so on we always need to check with um, with the authorities like lawyers and so on what's actually what's normal what's <laughs> legal what's um uh, what is allowed and, and so we're always trying to figure out what's the best ways um currently it's definitely like you can take any time more holiday days also at other times by just checking in with each other we're still quite small so you can talk about everything yeah and i think if it gets too much we will always um just take it without getting paid mm -hmm. yeah. so um it's rather the flexibility of your own vacation time and then you can just choose if you want to have like more days off than uh, yeah. somehow of those six weeks then you can also take that. yeah or you choose to take less during those big breaks um and then it's it's totally fine i think for us as a company it's just mainly it gives us fresh perspective um because we really make the year into two uh, seasons and we we always combine that with like a um, strategy season so on so we always kind of start again like from scratch after the long break so it's kind of really nice way um to not constantly be in that hassle yeah mm. <laughs> so what did you do in your sabbatical <laughs> you're gonna laugh because i didn't really do anything <laughs> too enjoyable i actually finished my master thesis so. oh god <laughs> That's the just least exciting thing that you could probably do. Yeah, it is. But on the other hand, it, when else are you going to finish your master thesis? Like, yeah, yeah. It was just for me. It was perfect that it was there. You know, in yeah, other companies, I wouldn't. Sad. I would have struggled the whole time to do it next to it. So it was. I was able to focus a bit. So I really hope that in your next sabbatical you can do something more inspiring. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, no better answer there. <laughs> so um, I also read something about like the workation. So yeah. what is your so-called workation and uh, mm. yeah, why are you doing this and how does that work? Yeah, so we actually uh, use it as our strategy days. So we actually take the team, we go somewhere to Spain or um, yeah, last, last time we went to Spain, went to like this awesome house. We all lived together there for a few days <laughs> and then we would start, you know, having breakfast together and then having a full on day with sessions and million sessions after one another, then cooking together, then again, working the whole day. So it's really like strategy days, but in a perfect setting so in the evening we go for this long walk around the beach or you know and in the morning someone did yoga <laughs> it's just enjoyable having fun while you working really really hard and setting up the next half year i now have really still a feeling this is too good to be true <laughs> <laughs> and does it really work out quite well or do yeah. you get the results that you want yeah, really i think it's again similar to the friday off people really valuing this, really knowing this is special um, and not being taking it for granted. So you kind of like say, okay, wow, I'm here in this perfect location. I can, I can see the ocean. I'm in this villa, like whatever. This is a lot of investment. So I need to give my very best. Yeah. Um, and so we are also really hard on ourselves there. We time boxing everything. So it's really, there wasn't any slack in the sessions whatsoever. It was just back to back working um, yeah, hard. And I think that's what also the founders really have always done. There's always that value of like having fun, enjoying your work, but also pushing really hard to actually perform in the end. 
Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's talk a little bit about the work you're actually doing. Um, so yeah, can you tell us a little bit more detail about your work in companies and especially where do you see currently the biggest challenges also for companies? Hmm. Yeah, um, so I think one of the biggest challenges is that people, um, companies are talking about culture, but they are on the one hand scared to do something about it, scared to change. So that's often in big old corporations. They talk about it, but they don't um, manage to actually get started. They don't dare to challenge the status quo, even though it's on the poster. Um, so that that feeling that they have to keep it the way it was is very strong in old companies. So that's hard to break, that mindset. Um, and then the second thing is, we see this a lot in newer companies, also in startups and so on. They just <laughs> use what someone else has done and copy and paste it into their own culture. And then suddenly everywhere is um, Marte and everywhere is um, that value of customer centricity is up on the wall. And, and I don't know, you just, everyone does this town hall talk and it's just not, nothing unique nothing where anyone has put love or focus in and so yeah i would say that these are different challenges but they they are the biggest ones that we see so in the end culture is more like something that is talk than actual action mm. and <laughs> which is ironic because if you look at what culture means it's basically decisions <laughs> it's all of the expectations that are over time set through decision-making, through um, strategic initiatives and so on. Um, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's ironic, to be honest. And the interesting part is also that there, there is this imagination of what your culture is as a company, because that's the stuff which is written on posters. And then you can see how people really behave. And as you say, really make the decisions such a big gap in between. Yes, I completely, completely agree. Mm. And I also believe, yeah, I think probably also then the culture should come from straight from your DNA. Yeah. And yeah. Um, often it's a yeah, copy true. Yeah. Because it, yeah, so the DNA part is very important. It needs to kind of be surfaced from that very company that you are in and not what is another great company doing. And we also, sh our stuff should look and sound the same. That's yeah. not the purpose of it all. And the culture is maybe also not a kicker table. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what concrete challenges are you currently working on with companies and uh, well how do you as a company help those companies in solving those yeah um, so I think I mentioned the uh, three buckets before so we do this uh, strategic stuff yeah so often we see that companies are, are not using culture as a strategic advantage but it actually can be it can be the part where, where they are very unique and if they strengthen certain aspects that can actually really propel them um, and so seeing that connection and actually starting with some initiatives that are strategic but coming out of culture that's number one what we do um, and then the second part is definitely helping also with especially leadership to not just talk the talk but walk it mm -hmm. yeah um, how can we do that? How can we even work with leaders that want to do this? So um, I think that's that's the biggest part. How can we can come alongside and help 
shifting mindsets. Um, it's a big challenge, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And what do you think are, let's say, maybe the success factors then for companies to implement those new ways of working or, well, a new work mindset for mm -hmm. work? Yeah. Because, uh, as you said, it's really hard not just to talk to talk, yeah? So how do you, yeah, well, what, what's, what's the success factor? Hmm. I think um, with the success, success, <laughs> success factor, <laughs> I think with the success factors, <laughs> it's um, maybe asking a different question first. It's maybe not so much how do you implement new ways of working because that is implying it's a method that will work. It's a certain kind of format that will work and it's agile. If you imply it here, apply it here, it will work and change you. Um, but I think we need to actually go back and ask the question, what is the customer? What is your customer like? What do they need? And from the perspective of the customer, you can actually then say, ah, okay, in order to really serve them well, we need to change this and that in our ways of working. So this, the, the ways of working should, again, really fit to your company, to your customers, to your needs and problems that you're trying to solve. So I think that the success factor comes out of when you really do understand this is the company's purpose and th these are the problems that we're solving. When we had bakeries, it was very clear what the problems are that we're trying to solve, what the purpose of the bakery is and so on. But when you're suddenly in this big corporation, it's all about the OKRs and the KPIs and everyone gets kind of lost in why they do it, who they're doing it for. And then it becomes like, ah, there's a new method. We're now applying Agile. We're now applying um, this uh, new digital transformation project. Here's the new leadership um, principles. And no one really understands um, that it actually needs to come from the place of the customer. So I think the question should never be implement, do we implement it well, all of those new, new methods, but the question should always be, do we understand our purpose and the customer? Um, and then what do we need to do in order to work better together to achieve all of that? Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think keeps these companies currently from working those ways? What keeps them? <laughs> um, I mean, why are yeah, all yeah. Uh, companies like worrying in more flexible structures maybe or focusing really on what the actual purpose is? So why, why are those companies getting lost in OKRs and KPIs and completely losing their initial purpose? Yeah. Hmm. I think it's not that easy to answer why. <laughs> I think organizations are super complex so sometimes you could say it's a leadership issue but then in other huge companies international companies it's more actually this very structure of um, a company where leadership changes all the time that is a problem um, and I believe if we start with the people and we really, really focus on mindsets and what's going on in, in their heads, what's going on in their hearts, all of that, and that it can be powerful. But it needs to be done with intention, it needs to be done on a large scale. Um, and often it seems super hard, and it is. Changing mindset 
changing a habit, I mean, we've all experienced how hard that is. Um, and because it's so hard, you want to use a system or you want to use a new method and you hope that is going to be easier than changing someone, how someone thinks about something. <laughs> so I think yeah. in the end, it's being afraid to, to try to do the hard work, changing mindset, changing habits, um, not wanting to be uncomfortable with that. Yeah, um, and I think also they would not pri prioritize it probably also in that sense that they should do it. So other the daily work stuff, like getting lost in your daily tasks is often uh, been seen more as important as really changing, changing the mindset. Yeah. yeah. So what are the biggest challenges for you in your current job? For me in my current job, I, I, I would say we can always become better um, at how we work with our clients. So we, we already trying really hard, but <laughs> I think there's often a lot of stakeholders involved. Um, there's many projects we have at the same time. And to always make sure we have that human touch where it's about more than just the actual product, but we actually find out what is going on in the company. So it's not about that booklet or that event, but it's actually about that person on the other side that is trying to change something within the organization that needs effort into that relationship um, and how to balance that well while we also working on the actual tools, products, workshops, whatever we deliver, um, that's definitely um, a good challenge for us and how to do that better, how to be more transparent, how to be more um, empowering, because it's always easy to do something for ourselves, but to do it together, work really in co-creation, that's, um, I think, something that we want to become even more um, better, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how has your, like, say, daily life now changed since you started your job at Entrepreneur? So um, I would say you probably, I mean, you're also coming from a big corporation. Yeah. So would you say you have gained more freedom or flexibility or in general, how has your work-life balance evolved? If you even yeah. want to call it that way, after so many episodes, <laughs> I've understood it's just me thinking in work and life. Obviously, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'd say I um, have more responsibility <laughs> which also is sometimes really um, scary because it's a small company in comparison to being a part of something huge you everything that you do has a bigger impact directly on all the others and that is something and you're like oh wow if i manage that client well if i do that project well or not it actually really matters <laughs> and that's super motivating because you suddenly can see the direct effect of your work. Um, you can see what it, what it does if you lose a client um, and, and, and all of that. I mean, that, that's super cool. You suddenly have this ownership, you know, you have, you have an ownership for something um, that you may be even, if, I mean, I, I loved the work that I did um, before as well. And I treated it, I tried to treat it like an owner too, but I think here it's just more visible. So every day um, I know why I'm working here. Um, the purpose is very, very clearly articulated. So I don't actually have to remind myself. It's actually really lived. So that's very different. <laughs> and then, I mean, the house that we have the office in is 
crazy it's <laughs> so many creative people um just artists around you all the time um festivals around you all the time that's just kind of that great balance where you just see like okay wow i'm in the heart of the city with all of this creativity around me and now i get to go and empower people in a different part in rural rural germany uh, you know and yeah. that is just like wow yeah, we, we really have cool, we yeah. have both we we get to see the old corporates we get, get to see um startups and then we somehow in this creative environment yeah, yeah. which makes it very different yeah we're yeah. sitting here in the office of uh, entrepreneur which is in the alte münze it's an old coin factory here in berlin and the office space is like super 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 nice it looks like a yeah dream paradise space a little bit um, super super creative they really build everything by themselves it's really really truly amazing and super super comfortable yeah yeah so i think um let's get a little bit back better uh, back to this mm. um flexibility freedom thing in terms of workplace and work time mm. we've already talked this a little bit through in a similar podcast that we saw before um i mean we all believe Flexibility, freedom is a good thing, and in general, it makes our lives better. I mean, who doesn't want to have flexibility and freedom? But is this like the working life, how you have imagined it? How I have imagined it? Hmm. I think... This is not an easy question. <laughs> I think in terms of flexibility, maybe I would have thought we are even more flexible. But because we travel so much, um, we just doing workshops here and there in the city and so we actually quite a lot out and about there is some beauty in some having some more stable working days in in the phases in between so i would have thought ah maybe we just all at different places all the time even more but we're not but it's because we do it deliberately um, because we believe we as a team also need that face to face time to really connect That it's that it's just more than yeah. Sometimes I see a face, um, but it's actually why we cook why we cook together, or we we make coffee together, or we go for lunch together. You know, that's when when it becomes actually a team. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know if that was a good answer, but um, yeah. So I would have imagined there's more um, flexibility, but I see actually we, we restrict ourselves on purpose to have more face time with each other as a team to actually create um, a stronger um, team culture in here. Mm -hmm. And do you think your dream somehow has your dream come true or is this life how is you imagined? Is it has it become reality? <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of dreams, um, so I'm I'm sure that like um, this is um, you know um, part of it, but it's definitely not the end. Who knows what is going to come next? And I don't know if anyone here can truly say what's going to happen in the next five years. I, I I don't think so. We the house, no one here knows <laughs> what's going to happen in the next year or so, right? Um, it changes all the time, and that's totally cool. And we are absolutely all up for it. Um, I love about this place that we really don't have any restrictions in what we can think and what is okay and what um, there is no status quo that we need to keep. Um, we're actually here to think new and to rethink stuff and that that makes it 
really really rewarding for me because I find it really tough when something has to be maintained just for the sake of it um, and having here the freedom to really help others to think outside of the box that's kind of yeah it is a dream yeah <laughs> that sounds really 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 nice um, because I mean I think you guys are such a good example for all the people out there that work in general doesn't need to be painful and you go there and whatever salary you get is just paying you for the hard times you're having like 40 50 hours a week but um yeah i think it's so nice to find these examples like yours mm. having these super nice office spaces and uh yeah that you actually just love what they're doing and you have really found the purpose which makes you happy and this is not by you know um, not even like a super social job that you're doing it's like actually being a consultant who thought that consultancy can make you happy um, <laughs> well yeah I think it's our purpose our purpose is to actually empower others and I think the power comes out of the focus on others if we would just be all about making the newest crazy shit yeah. <laughs> it would just be circling around ourselves you know so circling all around who are we are we are the coolest yeah. but that's not the point and it never should be but because it is actually about others that's where you can actually draw motivation from because yeah. to be honest i have to work on stuff that i find boring too yeah and sometimes even probably more so than in the big corporate because we have to do everything yeah. <laughs> so it just yeah. helps to know what in the end, why am I doing yeah. it? And to see the direct impact of it, that really helps me um, to actually stay happy. And I think for the rest of the team is the same. Yeah. That's your achiever strength, I have that as well. <laughs> Taking off your to-do list, otherwise you don't feel complete. <laughs> I know that exactly. So, I mean, um, you're now my third woman in the podcast, uh, because mm. when I saw I started off, I interviewed so many men. So I'm really happy that you're now the third woman. So uh, what advice would you give younger women um, in order to shape their career now so if you look back yeah interesting that one is a big one um i mean to be honest i i think i'm still very much on finding out what that means for myself um so what i chose to do and maybe it's something that can help someone else um is I chose to not listen to people that actually tell me I do need to change um, in order to be taken serious. So I deliberately chose not to go down the road, uh, you have to be that tough, business savvy, um, you know, woman that has it all together. I don't have to do that. I can actually be myself because I am more like a warm person, I'm more like a I don't know, smiley person. So why would I put on a mask to go to work? Yeah. Why would I play business theater? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it does make sense to get further ahead yeah. in some careers and in a lot of environments yeah. for sure. But me personally, I chose I'm not going to do it because the price I have to pay is, is just yeah. too high for me personally. So I rather maybe don't get as fast yeah. somewhere, like maybe others would but I do it my way and I'm at least getting there yeah. wherever I can get yeah. as myself and yeah. I'm not you know changing yeah. my, my, my 
yeah, who I am. And that's totally right. I mean, you said just in the past hour, you said so many wise, <laughs> smart things, you know? And I mean, um, the thing is, yeah, I mean, especially as a woman and like, if you don't look super old, um, mm -hmm. you still yeah. look super long. Yeah. <laughs> I have this problem sometimes as well because I'm so small, like, I'm, yeah. And um, I just have to feel it like on my day-to-day -day business, if you're facing, especially if you like, leadership rounds and there are men around you you're just not taken seriously nope. and the fun fact is that often in those rounds it's just a bullshit bingo of financial kpis thrown through the room mm -hmm. and no one says something which is, is really profound or sometimes yes wise i really miss somehow wise words or wisdom in those uh, organization and i have the feeling like you just said so many wise things i'm really looking forward to cut this episode uh and to take so much wisdom out for myself and, uh yes Mary, you should stay as you are because you're like really uh i think more people should listen to you and i think that's a that's a good thing because um i also stopped changing at some point um i'm usually too honest and no one ever showed me how to do politics and i'm really really bad in it and i'm just also in really important rounds and important people i'm usually a little bit too honest maybe that's me maybe that's me and i'm honest and i i'm not afraid of like speaking that out what maybe a lot of people in this room think mm. it's a good thing we should not change and it's actually a really really good advice for for young women also because i think especially we as women we think we have to be a bit more like men and a lot of women do that a lot of women take the weapons i don't even call want to call it a weapon but a lot of female that i'm surrounded with take behavior of men and think this gives them power or this is how you're being taken seriously and i think it's up to us as women to change that because if we behave the complete same way i mean yes of course we should have guts we should have the guts to do things but This doesn't mean that we have to, to just take on this behavior in order to be taken seriously. I think usually if people don't take us for serious, like it's a shame for them, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so too. I mean, we, we, we can, you know, we, I'm always up for um, constructive feedback where I can actually grow. Um, but, if some, but if someone tells me something, we'll have to put up on, on a mask. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> not that one. Um, yeah. And to be honest, um, I think we just do good work and then you do good work and you just trust in the end, people are going to want to work with you because when you on something, they can trust it. it's, it's the best, you know? Yeah. And, and so I just fo choose my, to focus my energy on becoming yeah. better at that and also making sure while I'm advancing yeah. myself, I'm not gonna, you know, yeah. treat others around yeah. me like less yeah. just to get further ahead i think that is really yeah. I, i always want to make sure that, that that's not happening yeah and i actually the other day i also reflected a little bit like on my career in the past years i've been working and i figured out in which moments did i really do a really bad job hmm. and interestingly i really wrote down all the projects and topics and also like the companies i worked for and um for me i figured out i did a really bad job when i was had the feeling like um I was somehow floating. I did not really understand why I'm doing this. I actually needed to do something for someone and uh, which could not even tell me why I'm doing this. This is, these are the moments when I'm actually doing a bad job. And now like when I'm figuring, sometimes when I'm in a situation, I have the feeling like it's too much for me. I'm losing control and so on. It's not my fault. It's just like that obviously I'm doing a really stupid task 
where no one can, can, can tell me why I'm doing this. And then, yes, I feel like I'm floating. And actually, it should not be a signal for you that you're just too dumb to do it. It should be a signal that you maybe not doing the right thing and your intuition or your gut feeling tells you, oh, there's something not right here. Hmm. So what advice would you give people which are, um, let's say, a little bit stuck in their current job situation or are in this kind of job search scenario? or Because a lot of people are at the feeling a lot of people in my bubble at least uh, worked for several years and you know you did the thing you you paid your dues to the society and uh, yeah and then if you're at a point where you're asked now what so mm. what advice would you give to those people yeah I mean obviously I haven't been there like because I'm not that long in the game right <laughs> um, but I have worked actually with people that have um, had exactly the same challenges and what I always realize what helps people most is actually to take some time and figure out first who are they <laughs> what do they want um, so really to take time to reflect on your personal purpose let's say mm. um, and when you know that you can then navigate your feelings better Because I, I feel that feelings, I feel bad in this job, is often what determines what people do next. And it's just like act out of, okay, I feel bad, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna quit, or I'm gonna um, just make that decision or this decision. But it's not really reflected. Um, if you take time, focus really on your purpose, figure out what am I really, really good at, what am I really passionate about, and what does actually also someone else need <laughs> um, so basically again having others in in um, the equation not just yourself um, if you reflect on that that is afterwards when you can make really good decisions then you maybe say ah, I'm gonna quit that job and I'm gonna choose to, to do this other thing oh I'm going to start a project next to work because That is also for me cool and that serving my purpose. Um, so I think less feelings, more reflection on what you really want. Great. So now we're already <laughs> in my very last question. And maybe if you've listened to some other episodes, you will know what comes. So if you would have the superpower to change anything in the job world out there or in terms of employment, what would you change? I would change the way people see leadership. I would completely change that approach where people think they have more power, where it's all about holding positions, where it's about own advancement, self-fulfilling, <laughs> where it just actually switches over. So I would love to switch it to, I want to empower people around me. So it's not about, I need to be the best at everything, but actually the people that I'm entrusted with, <laughs> I treat them the very best I can and I get everything out of them. So I think sometimes it's really tough to do it because people also need to want to, yeah? So it's not easy. Um, but I think what the attitude of, of a leader, that is what I would like to change. Um, and then maybe also change the attitude of employees <laughs> because we talked about it before. Sometimes it, in this whole new work um, discussion, you, you end up having entitled <laughs> employees. So we are all thinking someone owes me something. Mm. And I think if we all would be more about, okay, 
um, how can we empower each other to become better mm-hmm. um, that would be really helpful so that is I think a way of how everyone can be a leader um, <laughs> I don't thank know. you yeah. thank you Vera for this very 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 inspirational conversation thank you very much thank you so much for having me Thanks. it's a pleasure <laughs>